Good morning. We are going to begin today. This is Rick Bonfim. This is Rick Bonfim Ministries in Athens, Georgia. We are an evangelistic and mission agency uh, in several countries throughout the world. And uh, we're completing uh, close to 45 years of ministry in, in, in these areas, in these countries. And uh, so much to say, so much what God has done. And so what you see is uh, uh, our, uh, uh, our love for the Lord Amen. and our concern that we, every, every morning through this channel we be able to share with you the word. This week we're dealing with the heavenly visions. And uh, we dealt with in Ezekiel 1 through, 1 through 4, the heavens were open to Ezekiel. In Matthew 3.16, the heavens were open. In Acts 7.55, Stephen was being stoned and the heavens were open. And then we dealt with the vision of Matthew 16, the atmospheric sky. And then in Genesis 1, we see the stellar constellations. In, in Psalm 11, we talk about the third heaven, which is a place where heaven is. It's beyond above all of that, beyond the galaxies. And, and of course, uh, that gives you an image of heavenly visions. Now, when Moses was in Mount Sinai, he had a vision, and uh, he saw the tabernacle of heaven, Exodus 24, verses, uh, verse 18. And Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up into the mount, and Moses was in the mount 40 days and 40 nights. Only by the hand of God can somebody not eat 40 days and 40 nights. Mm -hmm. And so just the fact that Moses stayed in the middle of the desert in the, in, the mounts, in, in the tops of Mount Sinai without food and water in 40 days will tell you that the strength of God overcame him. The power of God overcame him. But it says that he saw. Go ahead and jump. Continue. Verse 20, chapter 25. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, in the verses 8 and 9, And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them, according to all that I show you, after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall you make it. So this is, this is God giving Moses a vision of what the tabernacle in the wilderness will look like. And notice that God is building the tabernacle. He is giving Moses the vision of what this is going to look like. This is look like. Why are we dealing with all of this? The question is this, is today God available to give us a vision or a dream? We started talking three weeks ago about this, four a month ago, and we dealt with the prophet that hears from God and see, and we talked about the seer, which is divided in the, the Ra and the Chosa. And these are two elements, two people that are able, for instance, Gad and Asaph, were seers to David. So God dealt with David not only personally, but through the seer that could, could see the picture and could gaze the heavens and see and speak. I'm not talking about that Asaph and Gad were astrologists. I'm talking about yeah. that they heard from God in specific 
visions and dreams that led David to do the battle for the Lord. And so, question, is it today available to you? Well, Joel 2 says that in the last days, I'll pour my spirit on all flesh, and young men shall have dreams, and old men shall have visions. So our young people today seeing visions. Our young people today having dreams. Certainly they have. They've been blessed by it. They have been uh, 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 all over the world. Young people in China. Young people in Asia. Young people in, 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 in Europe. Young people in South America, North America, Africa. Are having visions and dreams. And, and they're experiencing the God's direction that way. So, so that's nothing new. How about Hebrews 8, 8, 5, John? Who served unto the example and shadow of heavenly things as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, said he, that you make all things according to the pattern showed to you in the mount. Paul in Hebrews is talking about this. Notice that I said Paul. That's what I believe. Paul wrote Hebrews. So, so Paul is, is, is mentioning a scripture in Exodus, in the Pentateuch, written thousands of years before, that the way God built the tabernacle was with specific direction. What is, read that verse again, John, one more time. Don't take your time. Don't, there's no hurry. Who served unto the example and shadow of heavenly things as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, he said, that you make all things according to the pattern showed to you in now, the mount. The pattern showed to you in the mountain. The pattern showed to you in the mountain. Meaning... When Moses was in the mountain, he saw things. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. If you are a pastor today, and you have an hour or two hours of prayer, and you're by yourself in that old church, yeah. that cold sanctuary. You know, we don't heat the sanctuary all day and all night. You know, they'll kill you. But he's warmed up by a vision in a dream of the sanctuary filled. You know, uh, I go to a small church here in the country, and I love the people there. They are a blessing to me. And, uh, and Sunday, uh, a young man came to do praise and worship. And let me tell you this. It was <coughs> one of the most anointed young men I have ever heard. He's about 16 years old. He's singing and playing the piano. And as he began to sing, whoa, whoa, I said, oh, my goodness gracious. You don't do oh, ho, 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 ho if you are, <laughs> if you are uh, at my church, you know. We just sing verse 1, 2, 3, and 4, and return to verse 1, but not ho, 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 ho. And then from there he got the rhythm going, and from there he began to play some more, and he sung some beautiful songs, and he sung high. I mean, usually you try to match the people that are singing. Well, he's not interested in how, <laughs> how, how, how low you can go. He's interested in how high you can go. 
And he pulled everybody. I'm the only one singing with him because I could, I'm the only one who can reach that path. Now, and I closed my eyes and I saw the pews all filled up. That young man dancing and playing. And oh my gosh, so the guitar and the bass. See, I saw vision there. And I've been there for the next five years and I never seen no vision. And I'm sitting in the back pew, the last one. Okay? Me and Mary Lucy and uh, in, 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 uh, in Rose. And I'm, oh my God, I see something. And of course, I didn't tell the preacher about that because we didn't have many people there. But I believe that young man gave me a vision. The Lord has given me a vision that he's pleased with that worship. Okay? So in the mountain, in Mount Sinai, God showed, showed means a vision, a picture of how the tabernacle was. In other words, the shutter is open. And his mind received it. He saw the measurements, but he also saw specific vision. So we're talking about what? We're talking about can Christians in the 21st century in America are able to see visions and dreams. I want you to know that if you have a time of prayer, if you are geared to pray every day, that you're going to have dreams and visions. Amen? Amen. Uh, How about 2 Corinthians 12, verses 2 and 4? And Shannon Masters is going to read for us. Two and four or two, three, four? Two, three, four. Okay. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knows. Such a one caught up to the third heaven, and I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body I cannot tell. God knows. How that he has caught up into paradise... And heard unspeakable words, which is which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Meaning, some things in heaven are so holy that men cannot utter. But he saw someone being caught up. Now, first, the word here is saw. Mm-hmm. Paul saw. You probably say, uh, Paul, you you had a little too much to little a little wine to drink, and you you're just yeah. having a uh, having a uh, experience in the. No, sir. It's the Apostle Paul written, writing that he saw something. And what was a man caught up into heaven? And, uh, and he saw what, Betty? Uh, uh, Raymond. I mean, Shannon. What did he see there? He heard unspeakable words that it was not lawful to utter. He heard unspeakable words, which was not lawful to utter. The man heard words that were not offered to. Uh, to. What do you think, John? Uh, man, I think that Paul heard angels talking, and I yes, think he heard yes. the son and the father talking. Okay, Betty. Well, I I do believe it was Paul himself. You know, interesting how he speaks in the third person. I know a man. I guess yeah. that's his humility, not bragging about his vision, not saying, hey, look what happened to me. So it was him. Yeah. Later, he says that he could become very boastful about it because it was so impressive what he heard. So I, I agree with John. I think he heard angels. 
he heard the conversation of heaven. It kind of reminds me of uh, uh, Revelation yeah. when John was caught up and he saw all the the throne and he saw the sapphire sea and he saw, you know, the white robed people and, you know, Paul just saw all that. But he saw. Yeah. Okay. He heard. Yes. Yeah. How about Enoch? Hebrews 11, 5. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. Yes. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Okay. Caught up into heaven. We're talking about visions. So let's begin in the New Testament. Caught in the spirit is the topic of this next segment. Caught in the spirit. Visions, heavenly visions is, is what we dealt with on the first section. And then the second section of our Bible study is caught in the spirit. Now Mark 5.42. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years, and they were astonished with a great astonishment. Okay. Now, Jesus meets the parents, meets the father. What's yeah. his name? Um, Jairus. Jairus. He was a yeah. synagogue ruler in Capernaum. Yeah. And, uh, and, and uh, as they come to the house, uh, the parents were in a state of astonishment. Because a daughter that had died is now alive. And so they were in an ecstasy type of dream and vision. Caught with astonishment. <clears throat> like they're just uh, in a place where they, they don't belong. They're feeling, they're seeing, they're feeling. They're, they're sensing something supernatural. And uh, I was telling them uh, a few minutes ago that I was sitting on here during the Bible study. And I looked at the wall, which is filled with, uh, I wish the camera could cut up, all the paperwork, uh, prayer requests from all over the world that are in these two walls. And, uh, and of course, uh, uh, I had a vision of this boy, of this baby, three and a half, uh, uh, a baby that was premature, three and a half weeks. And uh, I think Blake is the name that requested a prayer request for us to pray. And, uh, and I saw that. In my spirit, I saw that boy coming out of the hospital. Amen. And so, Jairus, when he got to the house, and his wife, both of them were in a state of astonishment. Okay? Read that verse again, Mark 5, 42. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for yes. she was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. Yes, meaning they were overwhelmed, caught up in the Spirit. So what happens when you're caught up in the Spirit? You are sensing things that are heavenly. You are feeling things that are heavenly. And you are seeing things that are heavenly. Amen. And so as you come into this area of spirituality uh, you don't have uh, to have go into a, a, a lake and a, and, a, and a beautiful pond and sit and dangle your feet in the brook 
and uh, sort of uh, have a little afternoon refreshment, you can be inside of a car. You can be inside of a bathroom. You can be in your bedroom. You can be uh, driving. Because if God does something, it takes you from a feeling sense of what it is to a, a feeling of astonishment, being caught in the Spirit. How about Mark 16, 18? Is another experience having to do with Mary Magdalene, brother, brother uh, uh, mother of James, Salome. She experienced something. Go ahead, Shannon. 16, 18? 16, 18. Okay. 16, 8. Okay. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher, for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. Okay. So you go in the tomb, Mary Magdalene, mother of James, and Salome experienced astonishment. So they go into the tomb. And as they go into the tomb, they see uh, the angels. And they simply said, he's not here. And uh, they were just overwhelmed, experienced this caught up in the spirit atmosphere. Version says, and they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had gripped them. Trembling and astonishment had gripped them. I don't know what the King James says. Do you know? What is the King James says? It's Mark sixteen eight. Yes, it says, for they were trembled and were, they trembled and were amazed. They tremble and were amazed, and so, and so. This idea of being trembled and, and being amazed speaks about the same thing. How about Luke 5, 24, 26? 24, 25, 26. Yeah, I got that one. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power upon earth to forgive sins, he said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto you, Arise, and take up your couch, and go into your house. And immediately he rose up before them, and took up that whereon he lay, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and yes. they glorified God. And so amazement, as you see someone, for instance, when we go to Brazil, I have a little, a little ways of uh, changing the liturgy, you know. Just to, evangelists need to break the mold in terms of how we, we conduct worship. And, and, and I'm not trying to be uh, 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 innovative in any way. I'm simply doing this in order to uh, hear the voice of God as to what I need to do about certain situations. And I'm visiting this church, and I hear I need to do an invitation for salvation. Well, we haven't sung any songs. We haven't read Scripture. We haven't done the introit. And so I'm acting erratically. I'm out of the normal. I'm not actually there yet. Why did I do that? I have no idea. I just felt like doing it. Or I saw something. Now, what I saw was the altar filled with people receiving Christ that are visiting to hear the evangelist. Is that a sin? Is that a, a, a liturgy, rebellious attitude? No. Oh. I just saw the altar filled with people. I'm going to make an invitation. It might not fit you. It doesn't quite suit you. 
but I'm not there to suit anybody anyway. And so suddenly, the altar fills up with people. There were 18 people that came forward uh, at uh, uh, Paraíba do Sul uh, Central Methodist Church. And the pastor got up out of his chair, run to the altar. I said, oh, my goodness gracious, i never seen these folks. Oh, my gosh, I've seen these two or three here, but where you all came from? And, and suddenly, we had 18 people receiving Christ. It changed the environment. It changed the service. It changed everything. Matter of fact, the last thing we did is take an offering. And the service are about over. It was just uneventful. So, they all were struck by astonishment. Is that right, John? Yeah. And who Amazed. was struck? Huh? Amazed. Amazed. Is that Luke 5, 24? Can you read that again, John, one more time? I want you all to hear the scripture one or twice so you're able to sort of uh, get, get the meaning of what I'm trying to say to you. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereupon he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed and you're they glorified about, God. Uh, you're talking about who, John? The, the women? No, this is the, the man who was paralyzed. That oh, this is a miracle in the house of Peter. Yeah. Uh, uh, the one that came from the roof. Yeah, you want the other one? No, 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 no. Yeah, five, Luke 524 is okay. Yeah, the one who came from the roof, yeah. Yes, okay. Now, let's take a look at a Old Testament scripture. In Genesis 15, verse 12, it's talking about God trying to relate to Abram. Remember, Abram, not Abraham, but Abram. So it's the beginning of his life. And here's something interesting. Go ahead. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. Okay. So the, so, so the, the sun came down, and Abram went into a deep sleep. What happened after that deep sleep, Shannon? And he, the Lord, said unto Abram, Know of a certainty that your seed shall be a stranger in a land, that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve, I will judge, and afterward shall they come out with great sustenance. So, John, what do you, what do you take out of that scripture? He, he falls into a deep sleep. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure which of the, which of the ones, that, is that a dream within a dream? Is that a trance? But anyway, he saw, the Lord began to talk to him. He was, he was not seeing the natural world. Right. You know, he, the Lord took him in. Remember that, that, him. that dream word, Greek word, ectasis? Ectasis? Ectasis. Ectasis. Meaning that what he saw pertained to the word that's about to come. It's a word fulfilling the dream. So he saw, okay? Any, but he had to go into a deep sleep in order to do that. Yeah. Now, how about Genesis 15, 17 to 18? And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying... Okay, now, so it, it was late... He had, he had quarter two bulls on the prairie. He's got his talit over his head. He's in prayer trying to figure out where God is. Is there something out there that created me? Where do I come from? Is the stars something that, 
this God created. Oh God, I don't know where you are or who you are, but I'm here uh, offering you something. I, I like to get connected with you, uh, oh great one. Show me what to do. And, and since he was in a sleep, a deep sleep, out of heaven came what? Smoking a, furnace. A smoking furnace or a ball of fire. What is a smoking furnace looks like, Betty? What is a smoking furnace looks like? Well, the smoking furnace or oven would be um, something that's contained. And then it says a flaming torch. So there was fire and then there was something that would actually cook, some, cook something. In other words, there was a ball of fire. Uh-huh. Followed by a a comet of fire, and it came down directly, specifically Between. to the place where in front of Abraham, Between. meaning distant from him, so would not burn him. So Be- tell me this: Between where in the scripture the does the fire came so close, but it did not burn anybody? Acts two. Yes. Oh, the tongues of fire. Yes. Yeah. Where? Acts 2. Acts 2. Okay. All right. Uh, Betty would get that. Okay. So, okay. We might be in an emergency. Okay. This is Genesis 15. Amen? But Abram was in a deep sleep. Abram was in a deep sleep. Call back. I'm dealing with an emergency telephone call, so let's see. Now, what I'm saying to you is that Abram had a heart to vision and to see God. And after he went into deep sleep and God told him about his descendants, the next thing that happens is that he saw a ball of fire coming from heaven Close to him and consuming the, the animal, the carcass of the two bulls that were quartered and cleaned as a sacrifice. He just want to give God a little gift. How about two large bulls worthy of a thousand pounds? Uh, two large bulls. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of meat and a lot of roast beef, a lot of ribs, a lot of everything. Bang. Burned. Before Abram, did he see something? Who wrote the book of Genesis? Moses. Mm-hmm. Moses. Yes. So Moses, recounting history, recount, letter of the Holy Spirit, is telling the story of Abram. That Abram saw something supernatural happen before him. I'm not saying this is a daily occurrence. I'm not saying you've got to have this before you go to... to Walk McDonald's to get your breakfast. I'm not saying that you are in South Georgia City on an old truck and you have to have a vision today. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the validity of God's being available to human beings is real to Abram and Moses and is is real and, and, and available to you today. And I can tell you that as you look to a membership that most of them are over 50, 
All of them will tell you of something that they saw, something that they experienced, something that they had partaken of it during their lifetime. And then you look at the faith of old people, 70, 80 years old, and they begin to tell you of the things, the wonderful things they have experienced. And then they begin to say, well, we're not as dead or morbid as some people think we are. God has revealed himself to us in our lifetime, and that's a great joy to say, I've seen something. I've been, I have seen something. That makes, makes people validate their faith. Amen. You hear me? In other words, God is trying to break through the lives that people have, but they, they don't talk about it. It's something that is very personal. Because if I do, I, 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 I might offend someone. Well, I want to give you time to offend a lot of people. Now, has a, how many of you have had a vision or a dream? Good. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. Amen. Amen? Now, I don't want to go any further because I, I, I've closed the 30 minutes, but uh, I want to tell you what Ezekiel saw in a vision about the abominations in, in Jerusalem. And I'll finish with that. Now, read it. It's in uh, Ezekiel chapter 8. And it came to pass in the sixth year, in the sixth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I sat in my house, and the elders of Judah sat before me, that the hand of God fell there upon me. Now that's uh, Ezekiel's second vision, or, or, or rather a, a series of visions that would take place in the sixth year. This idea of the sixth year of the captivity. They had 70 years of captivity. You know, Israel had. And on the sixth year, which is about uh, five years before the destruction of Judah in Jerusalem, that I beheld as low a likeness as the appearance of fire. So he first sees fire. From the appearance of his loins sitting down, even downwards, fire. So in other words, he sits, sits down, and right in front of him, fire. And from his loins were upward, uh, uh, as the appearance of brightness, as the color of ember. So the fiery appearance that Ezekiel saw had the likeness of a man. He was uh, the God of Israel, accompanied by glory. I'm reading my footnotes. And he was who spoke in, in a vision to the prophet. So the ball and the fire is God speaking to Ezekiel. And he put forth the form of a hand and took me by the lock of my hair, my head. And the Spirit lift me up between the earth and heaven and brought me in the visions of God to Jerusalem. To the door of the inner gate that looks toward the north. The door of the inner gate that looks toward the north. Now, the door that looks toward the north here, uh, uh, it, it is uh, the, the, the edge of the temple is the north. See, now the north, this is the east and the west. The north to the left. To the left. Because the face, the, the main entrance of the temple looks toward the golden gate. 
and then the the, the mountain of olive, olive Mount of Olives. Okay. So it's in the north, on the left side. Is that important? Very much so. Why? Because these four corners of the temple are described in scriptures in detail. For instance, the the east side is where the trumpeteer would announce the Sabbath. It says, Where was the seat of the image of jealousy? which provokes to jealousy. This was in the vision. And the image of jealousy was an Asherah, which was a stone god, which was set at the brazen altar. The brazen altar is set next to the Holy of Holies. What is, in the, what is outside the brazen altar? Well, the brazen altar burned everything. There are four booze made out of bronze. And you just put the meat there. You climb up there. You put a hook on the meat in this horrible fire. And it burned it to, 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 to crisp the offering before God. So on the right of this was the idol upon a pedestal. Meaning higher equally to the brazen altar. Who is a, 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 a Ashrah? Was a, a an idol, yeah. false god, yeah. a false god that was put there by the priests. The priests put there, and behold, the glory of God of Israel was there, according to the vision that I saw in the plain. I think you'll see in the abominations going on that actually caused God to send them into exile. That's right. That they had false gods right within the inner sanctuary. And that's why God sent them to Babylon. So, so he is seeing a vision. Mm-hmm. Why the vision? To tell him how to preach in the next 65 years. If God can reveal himself this way to Abram, if God can reveal himself this way uh, to, uh, uh, to Ezekiel, if God can reveal a little dream or a vision to a, a young preacher, an old preacher, an old man, a young child, young people, uh, have you been caught up in the Spirit lately? Mm-hmm. Amen. See you tomorrow. <laughs>